What is up, quality people? Welcome back to a quality pod here on the Quality Life YouTube channel. My name is Joshua Prophet, and as always, I am joined by my beautiful girlfriend, Kenya McIntosh. Man, shout out to all the quality people out there. Looks like we got some quality people in the building. Sonia Prophet says, Let's go, folks. Let's go. Cindy Rara, aka on Cindy, says, All the way live today from MD. Mayday is in the building. Uh, we're going to get right into it. Like for the algorithm. Make sure that you like for the algorithm. The meaning crisis. Gen Z is hungry for God and showing out in droves. Guys, we got a really cool topic today for you guys. Um, we, got a, we got a little bit of a set change. No yeah, more of the got, big... We got a little upgrade over here. Yes, yes, yes. Upgrade. So we got some in-ear monitors. We are ready to rock out, and we are ready to roll. Now, there has been a meaning crisis that's going on throughout society because science is kind of trying to spit on spirituality, and spirituality is becoming more new-agey and woo-woo. As I like to say, because I don't really have another word for it. But it's kind of getting ridiculous on both sides. And so Gen Z is in a huge meaning crisis. But luckily, the good folks at OU, a student at the University of Oklahoma, had a plan to put together an outreach. And it's reported by CBN, which is the Christian Broadcast Network News, that it's the largest outreach ever. But we're going to get into that because I do... Uh, overall, I think it was net positive, but I do have some beef about what we're about to watch. You have something to say? Beef. No, let's get into it. Let's get into the video. A sound is rising here in OKC, the Cinderella City. And it's coming from Sooner Nation, but this isn't a game. It's worship. It's really cool that, that God continues to work through broken people. That broken University of Oklahoma senior is Joshua Robinson, who got this idea for a massive Saturday service last summer. Here at this coffee shop. I'm sitting there and I'm trying to figure out what I'm gonna do with my life. And I'm asking God, what's next, what's next? Feeling the stress and the weight of not knowing what's next after college. And as I'm doing that, I'm, I'm trying to just brainstorm and pray and I'm trying to find scripture to give me some sort of clarity, like tell me what's next. So I like how he doesn't know what direction that he is trying to go. So he does consult scripture and God's guidance so that he can move in the wisest way. So uh, off to a strong start. Let's, mm -hmm. let's see. And to my great surprise, he's like, fill the stadium. All right, God. Fill the stadium? Like what? What do you mean? God said fill the stadium? Hold up. I guess we'll see. But if you promise to show up and make it happen, then... I guess that takes the pressure off. After telling God yes, he asks his best friend and fellow senior Nathan Wong for help. Normally, I would have been like, you're crazy. And I will say there's still a little bit of that. But, but coming off of a summer where I was poured into and encouraged to dream big, um, to set my goals so far above what I can obtain that they have to be out of the Lord, was, was really easy to say yes. I like how the, the vision to dream big, sometimes I think... As Gen Z, that's like all we focus on is our dreams, but we never really pursue them. So it's good to see, you know, young people who have dreamed big, but also worked to materialize the vision that they foresee that God has given to them. 
rather than saying, oh, this is God and he's given me this vision, but it hasn't quite worked out. But it's like you haven't done anything. Where's your actual faith in what God told you? Yeah. And I really like how he got the vision and he didn't just keep it to himself. Like he went out, seeked help from mm-hmm. a close friend and, and a fellow believer as well. Yeah, and a fellow believer. Amen. Yeah. Amen to that. Now let's see if they actually filled the stadium. Consider this incredible timeline. Josh and Nathan and fellow students began meeting to plan this event back in September. They met every Wednesday to pray and plan. They wouldn't get university approval until five months later. The exact date, February 8th, which also marked the start of the Asbury Revival. One week after tickets were made available, here we sit today, and this stadium is indeed filled with more than 60,000 people. Recording artist Carrie Joe and Chandler Moore are also here to help fill the stadium with worship. It's so dope, it's so encouraging to see FTS fill the stadium, these students, it's student-led movement. So I think it's great that they got some of the largest influences in the Christian space to come out. Um, so they, they must have raised a good bit of change to, because I mean, some All of right. the artists, you got to pay artists to come and perform. And they, you'll see in a second that they got a chance to rapper to come in the building. Um, but also, I don't want it to get lost that people shouldn't be coming to these events just to see these people mm-hmm. and pedestalize these people. Um, the main focal point of these outreaches and these revivals needs to be that people are being transformed, not that people are being healed or miracles are happening. The miracle of Christianity is that people are being transformed more into Christ, right? Every time Jesus performed a miracle, it was so that that person could, you know, uh, drop the barrier that was on them so that they could be free to live towards Christ. Because you got to think about it in the uh, Greco-Roman um, era that they uh, that the Bible is placed in. That society was okay. If you're rich, you're better than the poor, right? If you're healthy, you're better than the sick. If you um, can walk able body, you're better than the people that can walk that are lame, essentially. So when you have this lame man at the gates of beautiful, and then Jesus heals him, is he doesn't heal him just to say, oh, that's the power of God. No, he heals him so that he can be free to, one, it's a testimony to what uh, serving God and believing in God can do, but it's also, now that I'm free, I don't have this societal barrier on me so now I can actually serve the Lord. Like my focus can be pointed towards the Lord. That's good. Yeah. And so now Jesus isn't walking around, you know, healing people per se. And who knows? You can you may get a healing through a message or you know, um, in the right circumstances. I think God is more than capable of doing that. He can do whatever He wants. But that shouldn't be the focus. The focus shouldn't be coming to these events to do miracles. If you're doing that. That's goofy. Yeah, that's buns. But if you are actively going to see what Jesus is all about and you're thus transformed, that is the actual miracle. Because the miracle is, you know, walking this life out with Jesus, and then you look back at who you used to be, and you're like, man, I don't even recognize that person because I'm so much more like Christ. I wonder if at the end of the service or performances if they have something 
I guess, to like, to pour into people on their walk with Christ. Right. As in like, okay, someone just got saved at their event. Like, I wonder if there's like a, hey guys, do this after this or uh, come yeah, to Bible like, study. Like steps yeah. after like people have been, you know, revealed to the Holy Spirit or mm-hmm. um, introduced essentially. And yeah. now they've given their life and they're like, I want to see what this walk is. Yeah. So I know that they had an evangelist there. His name was Nick Hall. Um, we, we I cut that part out because I didn't think it was super relevant, but he was there. And so there was some sort of message and I imagine there was some sort of altar call, but that's not... But yeah, it doesn't stop there. Right. It doesn't start or stop at the altar. Mm-hmm. It's not like I give my life to Christ and then I can go home and continue. It's like once you give your life to Christ, it's like you have to continually do that. It's mm-hmm. like you got to die to your flesh every single day. All right, let's continue. Provide a free space, a, a moment of generosity for people who don't know the Lord, who are going to be able to come out tonight, hear some of their favorite songs. Uh, but still feel the power of Jesus. I think that's incredible. Even hip-hop star Chance the Rapper moves the crowd. I don't know. It's like, I I get it, but at the same time, it's like, I don't think knowing the Lord is like listening to your favorite song. I feel like it's like, you know the Lord because you know his character. You know you know, what happened in the Bible kind of thing. Right. So I think if the only place you know the Lord is through music, is that's a very shallow experience that you're experiencing in Christ. And I would encourage you to seek Him in all areas of your life. And so it's not that I don't think that you can you know, come to know the Lord through music, but that's there's so much more depth to knowing God. It's like even if you're just solely in the book, it's like, but you don't experience them in your real life because you're so engrossed with what, you know, Scripture says. You know, there's, there, we put up all these hindrances and says, oh, this is the Lord, and this is the Lord, and this is what you got to do, and this is what you got to do. And it's like, no, like, it's the, the living word. It's a living God. And it's like, yes, he's given us this great book of wisdom, but we also have to seek him beyond what was in the book because that's that's stuff that's happened and that's the framework for our lives but there's so much more beyond there's so much more to discover in God and the things that we discover in the world help us to understand you know the things that were already placed in scripture as well this is important because our generation is broken and hurting we know the problems that they're facing and we understand that it's it's hard when you when you see all these issues and mental health, anxiety, depression, that's that's running rampant right now. And when we feel like we have the solution, when we know the answer is Jesus, man, are we doing our job if we're not telling people that? Now that's real. Yeah, that's good. And so the young man who organized this, I think he is on point with that. It's like, hey, are we really doing our job spreading the message of Christ? We it's like we have the answer. And it is in Jesus. And are we doing a good job spreading that message? And you're about to see that these younger folks, they're hungry because they, they see a lot of the fighting uh, that you know the older generation is doing. And much of it is political and based on this ideology versus this ideology. And then you have you know, schools swaying people one way. You have parents who are you know, more 
religious swaying people this way. And these kids are just lost. It's like the kids are like our generation is truly in the wilderness. And so to throw an event like this where you do maybe have, you know, big figures in music, if that is the draw, I'm all for it. But then again, it's after the concert and after the experience that I'm more concerned about. I do love the fact that it was an outreach and that it they sold 60,000 tickets. That's great. But how are lives being transformed forever mm-hmm. as a result after the fact? Promise keep in the darkness. There are countless stories of answered prayer. We're hungry and we're looking for anything that can feed us. And the one thing I found is the only one who is able to satisfy me was Jesus, was God. So while we are out here, while my generation is out here, we are just looking to find something that can satisfy us. I feel like, are you? Now that is real because that just kind of got at what I was hinting at. It's like, yeah, our generation is starving for meaning and purpose because a lot of the facts aim to strip away meaning and purpose and say, oh, that religious stuff, not good. And it's like, no, you haven't even explored this to the fact. Like, you, there's, there's a way to coincide or reconcile both of them. But you can't, but you have to shed off these ideologies that are placing you in a box to where, you know, this ideology comes and it, it's able to break the box because it's not a perfect formula because it was man-made. And God is saying, no, seek me in all things, um, explore me, and then see how it relates to the principles and the values that I've laid out that Jesus has set forth. And back to if like our basis and our authority has to be Jesus, if that's what the book is all about. The younger generation is lost. Like they don't know about God or they think that it's lame or they have this misconstrued idea of who he is. Mm. So something like this is important because it shows that we're here. Like there is a generation that loves God too. Yeah. Amen to that. Amen. And we are about to get into our points here. Um, that was good. So our first point is Jesus was less about laws and politics and more about building community around values that extend up to God, the Father. Like the mountain. Yeah, exactly. Like the mountain, actually. And I didn't even have that <laughs> analogy in my head, but it's the it's the mountain idea that we have and that we push on quality. It's about, you know, one your elevation and transformation towards Christ, but also to get that, you have to help other people up the mountain as well and you know, gain what you can from them, whether they are in sin, which, newsflash, all of us are in sin. There's not a single one of us that aren't in sin, but the things of wisdom that people say, whether they're, you know, a kid that you're having a conversation with or an older person that they're having a conversation with, you can take, you know, the wisdom that God has given them and apply it to your life. So one that you can, you know, be more transformed like Jesus, but also the so that you can spread the message more like Jesus. Yeah. And uh, this kind of makes me think of, I'm currently reading another gospel by Alyssa Childers. And 
And she was st- she was saying a story about how basically she was thrown into this group at church, and basically everyone, like even her pastor, was like, "I'm a I'm an agnostic or whatever." And she was like, "What? How can you be a pastor and be agnostic?" <laughs> so that leads her like down a, a search on her faith, and she was like, "Well, think about if you have like a disease, right?" And somebody. Yeah, you have a disease, but you don't want to go to a doctor because you had a bad experience one day. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you need to go to the doctor because you have to get this disease fixed. You, The doctor is the only one that has the medication that you need. Right, the healing. The healing that yeah. you need. So she was like, think about how there are so many people that have church hurt and don't want to go to church, but they know like the healing that they need comes from Jesus. Exactly. So... That's what that made me think of a little bit. It was like, we all need Jesus. No, amen to that. Amen. And I, I want people to kind of understand too that it's not, it's not that, oh, you say you believe and you throw your hands up and it's like Jesus heals you, right? Yeah. It's about the more you're transformed by into Christ, the more you're going, the more your body's going to be healed, the more your spirit is going to be healed. Because if you're becoming more like Christ, which is to say that you are becoming a whole person, then, you know, the diseases have no choice but to flee. You know, the your spiritual demons have no choice but to free, flee. It's like all this bad stuff has no choice but to flee because you're being made more towards the image that God has for us mm-hmm. rather than the image that you have for yourself or that other man has for yourself. So, but yeah, a pastor that's agnostic? Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, she said, like, on a good day, he's probably, like, 60% sure about the Bible. I was like, dang. That's bad. That's bad. We got a Bible verse, though. And our Bible verse is Acts 20.24. But I do not count my life of any value to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus to testify the good news of God. So why did you, God's grace? God's grace. <laughs> so why did you choose that verse? <laughs> um. So I really liked the NIV version of it. So I'm just going to read that one right quick. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. So I chose that one because in order to transform to the image of God and living out our values that are Christ-like, instead of like manufacturing the benefits we want from God, I think it's important to aim or God and anything else that does not align with that kind of goes to the wayside. You have to sacrifice to that. You have yeah. to that stuff has to die within you. Yeah. Which is yeah, that's my beef with, you know, some of these outreaches, right? And it's um it's not necessarily that they're doing the outreach. It's are are we really doing them for a purpose like some like the revival, the Asbury revival that came up and when they interviewed people, it's like, no, we've seen this and we've seen that and all this crazy stuff. And you're just like, I mean, that's okay. cool, but how is that? How is that transformed? You know, 
people to be more like Christ, to follow Christ. Like, mm-hmm. it was like I think I heard one report that said, we saw a limb grow or a nub grow or something like that. It's like, it's just okay. Like, it's okay. like, I don't know. Yeah. No. I feel like at some point it kind of sounds like a magic show, you know? Right. And Rather than practical about religion. Jesus. Yeah. Like just about Jesus. Right. You know? Yeah. And practically, you know, yeah. living the life. Because that's what, that's what these people were exploring with their spirituality. Spirituality isn't this woo-woo, you know, new age sort of thing. Spirituality is actually, okay, we recognize that there's something beyond this, you know, reality in a sense, that there's something more to this and exploring that. And then you have Christ comes and he kind of fulfills, okay, this is how you explore this to the fullest, to know God, the Father, and you're going to do greater works than me. Like you're going to explore beyond, you know, my time here right now, but you still have to apply that back to the principles that I've given you. Because in that, I'm the first and the last. Like in that, if you apply it back to these principles, these are the principles and laws of the world. Against these, there's no laws, right? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Um, Real quick, uh, we had, this is from News Nation. So one of the things that I don't like in the Christian space, and this is my beef, is (laughs) that a lot of Christian organizations will you know, falsify stuff. Like even at the Asbury stuff, it's like they're they're trying to make it a magic show. And that's something that I reject. And so this is from News Nation. Um, and I saw a Yahoo article that echoed the same thing. It says, fill the stadium hosted by a faith-based concert to restore faith. Big. OU Daily reported about 20,000 people attended after 86,000 were expected. So that's a wonk, wonk, wonk. For the CBN News Network, because that guy explicitly went out there and said, you can see the stadium is filled, and it clearly wasn't, and 86,000 people are here. And, well, yeah, if you look right there, um, that's probably pre, that looks like pre-concert, but that's not 86,000 people. And so if we're really being, you know, trying to spread the news, I I get we want to make it seem like a big show, but saying that it's 86,000 people when it wasn't, that's... That's buns, right? And we need to be more credible, especially if we're saying that we're doing news in the name of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just one thing that I see oftentimes is we we try to over we try to oversell God, and you don't need to oversell God. You just need to give people the hope of the gospel and exactly. um, let them explore that. Um, and then one attendee believes God is going to do huge miracles. <laughs> Always it's back like, to miracles. It's like when you go into these things, you should be believing that God is going to transform somebody's heart, that people are going to live for the kingdom so they can receive heaven and not, you know, not come just so they can receive miracles. Mm-hmm. And nonetheless, miracles that are pretty much solely through the music ministry rather than you know, through the word or through fellowshipping with like-minded believers. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, now I have a real revelation. Like um, at my mom's birthday, oh yeah, um, which was Sunday, um, it was me, you, my mom, of course, and then uh, uh, basically some neighbors that we've grown up with. We've known them for years. They're basically like extended family to us. And we all just sat around and 
we just talked about, you know, Jesus in the Bible and how that is applicable to our lives and how we see the or world. how how we how we see the world and how we culture. can function in it and function in culture with these beliefs. And that is a much more yeah. biblical way of church than a lot of times we do church in the real world. Like like you said, when Paul you're oh, reading an yeah. Acts, I'll let you explain it. Yeah, yeah. So in Acts twenty, Paul was talking to these um a church that he went back to and he was just there talking to them for hours, like up until midnight, because he didn't know when the next time he was gonna see them because he the Holy Spirit told him that he was probably gonna get imprisoned. So he just was there talking to him, talking talking to the people about Jesus, uh, correcting how things should be in the church, all that kind of stuff, just communing with people, just talking and fellowship. I right. was like, that's awesome. Because like, yeah, it's, it's about the lives being transformed. It's not about the miracles. And that's a, a lot of people will either get so caught up in the miracles and the works and wonders of God, like speaking in tongues and all this, or they'll get so caught up in the the literal words on the page that they forget what all the miracles that were performed or what the scriptures and what the words say, they forget what they're actually pointing to, what they're actually meaning, what their significance is. And I think from both sides of the aisles, people miss the mark, which is to sin, because they're not getting, they're not exploring the heart and the meaning of, you know, what the word is actually trying to say. So we got another point. And our second point is God is what allows us to be optimistic about the future. And I say that because um, our future, God, God is, you know, infinite. And so we can, you know, explore him every single day. We can seek him and not even get close to the depths of what God is. And because of that, we can be optimistic because the more we explore him, not one as yourself, but as a community and as a kingdom and as, you know, humanity, um, the more revelations that we will get, whether it's we're advancing in, you know, fields that are scientific, whether we're advancing in the way we think, uh, the way we um, are able to coexist on earth. Of course, there's always going to be the, the opposite forces of evil that are looking to say, no, this is the way, or to look to break up these, you know, profound ideas that lead closer to God. There's always going to be that, right? There's always going to be, you know, the Luciferian spirit, Satan, which literally means the adversary. Um, there's always going to be um, adversity against what is good, but God is what actually gives us hope into the future. And so I got another Bible verse here. Um, it says, um, Mark 7, 6 8. I got it. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> he said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Why did you pick that one, Josh? Because it's, it's exactly what we've been talking about. It's like people are beholden to 
you know, a lot of human tradition. This is the way it's supposed to be, or they're so caught up in the spirit. And Jesus is like, no. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're not obeying the commandment of God. You're being a hypocrite. Just like Isaiah prophesied in the Old Testament, which would have just been the, I guess, the Hebrew Bible to them in that time. And He's like, you're abandoning the commandments of God and you're holding to these human traditions. And I'm saying like, hey, like your traditions were good for what they served, but once you know better, you have to do better. I'm right in front of you, Mm -hmm. in a sense. And I mean, same thing with Christians today is like some of these traditions that we have in the church is like sometimes we got to, you know, shed them. We can't, and I'll, I'll see some people will condemn some of these outreaches that go on and it's like yeah there's some stuff that yeah not quite right you know but it's like at least people are you know coming and I would venture that at least one person's life out of the 20,000 that went was changed for the better Mm -hmm. and that's better than having one less person not fighting for the kingdom of God not doing their part to serve the kingdom of God And so that is why I picked that verse. And that gets us into our last point. And our last point is Christianity is about unity and the multiplicity. This this fundamental, or uh, this is supposed to be, this is fundamental to how we see the world. And that is a big point because like everything that we encounter in life is a lot of things we see as one, but it's made up of multiple parts. And the easiest example and easiest thing to, um, easiest analogy is our human body. So like we have different things within us, right? We have different organs. Our mitochondria has their own DNA. It's Mm -hmm. essentially a different entity, but it works inside of our body. If you kill your mitochondria, you will die essentially. And so all these things are working together inside of us but when i look at you i'm not seeing the mitochondria and your you know bladder and your all your organs and stuff i'm seeing kenya and so it's the same with the body of christ it's like we all have different functions um somebody may be you know have we we all serve in different ways and we all need to use our talents and our treasure or our talents and our god-given gifts to serve him but we also need to recognize when things are God-given and appreciate them and then also use that to help spread, to gain their perspective with their gift to spread, to better spread the gospel. And so if I see that oh, you have the gift of you know, being able to uh, relay the gospel on YouTube, it's like, wow, this is this is a cool thing that she's got going on. This is how she's serving in the kingdom of God. Like this is the part in the body of God that is making the whole body of Christ function in a sense. And so then I can use the perspective, say you give a perspective on YouTube or whatever, I can use that to help me uh, better understand the gospel so I could apply it to my life, but also to spread it better. And that goes with music, that goes with anything. Um, um, for however you serve in the ministry of God. Guys, uh, this has been a lot of fun. Let me know what you think about this. 
down in the comments below. If you're live, we're going to be right back. But if you're watching the replay, you're going to want to check this video out. Till next time, don't Beta. be Beta. the Alpha and the Omega. Like for the algorithm. Because they're like, well, I'm not ready to be in a relationship yet. But right. it's like, but you're doing everything that would be a relationship. Wise, you're seeing them. And you don't have a commitment. Yeah, you don't. So it's like, why don't you know deep down? Like I said this in my video, you know deep down you want a relationship. Right. So just be intentional about wanting a relationship. You want somebody of good character and of good virtue, rather than you know somebody who you are just off the charts physically attracted to, but they have, you know, the things and the characteristics that won't allow them to inherit the kingdom of God. It's the Quality Hangout. It's time to answer your questions, read your comments, all that good stuff. Quality people, make sure that you- because we are about practical religion. Yes, sir. Let's, let's shout out to all the quality people out there. We got a fan um, video that we're going to react to. But before that, we're going to recognize the quality comments from the quality folks in the chat. Yes, we got Aunt Cindy. She says, upgrade. Somebody got their tax return. No, I I, <laughs> I, I owed $300, so oh. <laughs> no tax return. Do you really? Well, yeah, because, well, actually, fun fact. I, when I put in all my stuff, because I'd like change jobs, and then, I mean, I probably, um, this, I mean, next year, I will definitely get a return. But um, I didn't, um, so I started using QuickBooks for my business or whatever. But I, d I know I didn't have, like, every single thing. And so I didn't go back and, like, track every yeah. single thing. I went back and did a, a good bit of stuff. But still, I mean, I was I was glad that I still got it down to what yeah. I did. Because when I put it all in, it was like, ooh, that's a lot of money. Really? Yeah, because I, I, I get paid ten ninety nine from oh, Coastal. Oh, okay. And so yeah. nothing comes out. So yeah. I always have to have, like, money set aside because... Out of that money, I'm automatically going to owe what? almost $1,000 just yeah. right off rip because there's nothing being withheld. Like from my job, this I get the necessary withholding. So generally, I'll get a small return on that. But with all the other stuff I do, it's like, oh, wait a minute. Gotcha. Plus, you got to pay taxes. Plus, you got to pay taxes for your business too. Yeah. So, but yeah, this, this next year, we, we got a plan. So, you know, shout okay. out to Anton Daniels. <laughs> yes. Okay, Miss Sonia says, I can see your beautiful faces. Love the changes. Yes. Thank you. And this is why we do it. You keep viewing, we will keep making upgrades and to make the studio look better, make the production and experience better. So, yeah. Thank you. She says, great point. The word can break every chain. Yes. Absolutely. And the doing of the word. Mm, yes. Practice. Yeah. And so it's like, yes, it's like I have this word. It's like I'm not just going to be a hearer of the word. I'm going to be a doer of the word. It's like 
<laughs> like it's like how am I if I want to be like LeBron James in the sport of basketball how am I going to be that if all I do is watch his highlights mm-hmm. or watch his like if he has like a tutorial video out there telling you how to do it if all I do is if all I ever do is watch that but I don't actually go and dribble the basketball I'm never going to become like LeBron James yeah like I've been watching a lot of the pickleball and it's like I can't keep watching these pickleball tutorials yeah and not go out and yeah. play Cause, yeah the crazy thing is because you're like in my in your head you're like man like yeah i'm gonna be, i'm gonna this. do that <laughs> and i'm gonna be this but then it's like oh i need to if i want to do that all these dreams and aspirations that are in my head i have to go and do it yeah i have to be you know i have to live this thing out I have to be practical and that's why it's practical religion that is our mission welcome to quality if you just joined the chat we have luxurious elements. Hello, all. I'm here. Beautiful people. Hello. Hello. Shout out to luxurious elements in the house. Mm-hmm. And Cindy says, that's right. Share the gospel and then follow up to make sure they get grounded, just like the parable of the good soil. Yes. Amen to that. Amen. Amen. Sonia says, what tea are you two sipping on tonight? That's a great question. We're about to get into that. So what tea? All right. So Kenya just makes my tea. So I never know because now it's not just like one bag. It's like two bags in there. So I know that one is peach. And I don't know what the other one is. Is it peppermint? Yeah. Okay. You got it. The peppermint's not like strong. So I wasn't sure. But yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Do you like the honey chamomile with the peppermint better? Yeah, way better. Yeah. (laughs) That one was that one was really good. (laughs) Yeah, I think I I think that might be my favorite. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I am also sipping on the peppermint and peach. Good, good. Um, okay. T Mac. Hey mom. She says, I'm so glad you had a wonderful blessed birthday to Miss Sonia. Yeah. Shout out. Tell the truth about the numbers. Don't trump it up or bide in the time. <laughs> That's awesome. That's <laughs> awesome. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. And our last one for now. You're right, Josh. Definitely appreciate. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Guys, I do have an announcement before we get into our viewer video that we're going to react to. So Monday, we are starting a new podcast with me. It's going to be called Profitable Conversations. Basically, this is going to be my podcast where I... Explore my big ideas, but I'm also going to be exploring big ideas and walking through testimonies with people that I am close to that I think are cool. And it's not necessarily all going to be just like scripture, scripture, scripture. It's going to be life experiences, how people have come to God through those experiences, how people view God in a variety of different ways, of course, like biblically grounded. Um, But yeah, we're going to explore a lot of different things and um, 
yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So profitable conversations, we're going to be starting those. Our first episode will be, we will produce it live on Monday and it will be every Monday subsequently after that. So you are going to want to tune in to that. So just, yeah, so it's just going to be another, you know, podcast experience that we are going to offer on the Quality Life YouTube channel. And uh, yeah, so. Yay, that's so exciting. Yeah, I'm excited. I got a whole guest list and everything. So yeah, um, let's see. So let's get into our viewer video. People in love, they yell at each other. Oh, but that's true. Ask him, he's been married for how long? Over 20-something years. Over 20 Look at him though, he look mad. (laughs) (laughs) You don't look happy, brother. You don't look happy. <laughs> they don't look happy. That's not even like a real smile. That's like a Joker smile. <laughs> but so maybe, he's evil. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure. Maybe he's just doing his job though. But he's like, it, he. It looks like you know when guys are like, um, they're laughing it off because they know that the joke's funny. But in their head, they're like, man, you. If you he, only knew. He, he's saying the truth right now. That's what it looks like. Oh, he's very happy. Chernman Chow, a former TV show bailiff and current Harris County deputy charged <laughs> with his wife's murder. It really was a look of if you only knew. <laughs> I guess that guy was right. He should have won his case. <laughs> he should have won his case. They should have went back if he lost and just said, hey, you know what? You were so right about that. We're we're gonna pay you back the money that we made. We so sorry. He he should uh, he should have absolutely paid what he owed. But man, that's crazy. That is crazy. Not to attend her funeral. Renard Spivey appeared before a judge today. He's facing very specific rules for his bond. Wow, that's crazy. What a turn of events that was sent in, I believe, by my mom. And so (laughs) yeah. So uh, why don't you pop up a couple of. more comments. I'm going to get my notes for our next segment and we'll do our last topic for the day. All right. And he says, at what time will you be doing profit, profitable conversations? 7 p.m.? Yeah, probably 7 p.m. on Mondays. All right. 7 p.m. on Mondays. Yeah, so we're still going to do it at night right now, at least. Um, and if it is a big thing, because I have a, um, I want to make that more of a conversation, of course. Like the first episode, I'm going to do solo. Um, but I also want to do another, like if that goes well, then that'll prompt a second idea for doing another show, which may be, you know, earlier during the day is to put out content where it's just, these are my ideas and then profitable conversations is with people, essentially exploring those ideas with people and not solo. So we'll run a couple of solo episodes, see how those go. If I like them, then we'll probably stream those like during the day as like a additional thing that we do on quality. So that could be, you know, any time during the week, just maybe during the day or something like that. So, 
Awesome. Yeah. So that's kind of the. I'm excited. That's kind of the plan and the mission that we are on. All right, guys. There's any more comments before we get to our second topic? T Max says, You all know he went to jail. Yeah, he went straight to jail. He went to prison. <laughs> he went to. He went to prison. That's no joke. And there is a stark difference between jail and prison. I know. Is that right? Yeah, from my mom. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't been to either one, so don't get it twisted. (laughs) But yeah. Um, What else do we have out there? That's all we got. That is all we got. All right, guys. We are about to get into our second topic. Model Christian. Could this be the model of how Christians should be? Quality people, this is the quality life. Make sure that you... Because we're on a mission to spread practical religion. And quality life is a life that leads you closer to Christ. And we're going to be talking about the model Christian. So there was an article that came out in the Indian Express, which is actually a news outlet that is based in India, and they did a take on Christianity, which is very interesting because the predominant religion in India is Hinduism, followed by Buddhism, and then I'm not even sure if Christianity is after that. When I looked it up, it said I think there's about 32 million, 32, 33 million Christians in India, which is a lot of Christians, a lot of people, Uh, but it's still, there's like 11 billion people, or not billion, there's like, how many I think there's like one or two billion people in India somewhere around there. Oh, don't quote don't me. Know. But there's a very a large amount a lot of people, of people yeah. in that uh, seemingly small country because it's smaller than the United States as far as like land capacity, but it has far more people. Yeah. And so, yeah, there was it was just a very interesting take. And they do global news. So think about them as like a CBS or NBC um, but they're based out of India. So we are going to check out this article and we're going to see, you know, what we agree with and if this actually represents a model Christian. So let's get into it right now. So it says values of a model Christian. Mankind has been bestowed with intelligence and is answerable for the use of this. Okay, that's not part of it. Okay, here it is. Here it starts. Okay, it says the original meaning of the word Christian is follower of the Messiah. That is correct. Christianity lays a lot of stress on values. Now, that's big. It does not lay a lot of stress on rules and your rules for your people and your denomination. It relays a lot of stress on values. Indians get it. (laughs) There are certain values that an ideal Christian is supposed to adhere to. Prudence. It means common sense, reason, wisdom, or in other words, using one's head. A sound mind. A sound mind, exploring the mind of God. You know what's uh, really interesting is like Bach and a lot of classical musicians that we just like hold in high esteem because their music was just so elegant and 
transformative. A lot of them wrote at the bottom of their music sheets, unto the glory of God or for the glory of God. And it's because when they were making these melodies and and these complex harmonies and different things that haven't been made before, it's like exploring the mind of God. It's doing something that, you know, mankind hasn't been able to do. Thus, we're, you know, growing in the depths of God. And Einstein was has a quote where he's saying, like, I want to explore the mind of God. And so that's just something that's cool. it's something that you don't relate to a lot of times when you're so stuck in your, you know, Bible preaching, you know, all right, we're going by. It's, there's a lot of practical ways to serve God in a sense um, other than just, all right, we got this book. We need to go and evangelize. It's like, no, it's like God so is through. so many other ways. Yeah, God is it. through all of life. And I'm not, not frowning on that. That is, that is of the utmost importance as well. But we also have to expand how we think about it and use our heads. We need to have the first value that this is saying. Prudence. Okay. All right. It says, common sense, wisdom, or in other words, using one's head, Christianity wants its followers to think about their faith rather than following it blindly, which, wow, that's, that's, that's pretty fire. Amen. 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 It wants them to have a, the heart of a child and the head of an adult. Mankind has been bestowed with intelligence is answerable for the use to which it puts this. So prudence is the first value. So would you agree with that value or disagree? Because I, I think that value was head on. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 100%. Me as well. Temperance, second one. It means enjoying things in moderation without abusing them. It can also be called self-control. The most common application of the word is use is or is to people who are addicted to drinking. They're called intemperate. The intemperance can refer to excessive attachment to anything. And so that is super important because when you are intemperate to anything, then you don't have control of that thing. That thing has control, control over you. Over you, in a sense. I just realized that they probably can't see this. Let me fix that. Hold on. All right, there we go. All right, so now justice. God is just. He has no favorites. One is judged strictly according to one's actions. In this respect, Christianity is similar to Buddhism. Justice also means fairness, honesty, truthfulness, and keeping promises. If we, are t- if we are denying truth, we are being unjust. All truth is God's truth. What do you think about that? I would agree because, I mean, at the end, um, 
when we all pass away, we're going to be judged by God. Um, so I would agree with that. Um, it's interesting that they said Christianity is similar to Buddhism in that regard. Because in my, to my understanding, Buddhism, one, doesn't have a God, and two... Well, so I think they're talking about... Like the judging part. I think they're talking about as as a value and not as opposed to... And not in contrast to like... Or in comparison to their God or whatever. Because Buddhism, I don't think they serve a God. They serve like a way in a sense. Yeah, it's like a philosophy. Yeah, it's sense. more of a philosophy and less about like serving, you know, a God. And so yeah. there, there actually is a lot of values in Buddhism that overlap with Christianity. Um, in that regard. And I think justice is one of them. So I think they're strictly talking about justice and not like the overall religion Mm -hmm. with that one. So fortitude, it means courage. It could be, uh, it could be courage in the face of danger, or it may mean preserving with the something worth doing when the, when the goes gets, when the going gets tough, sorry. Christians trying to follow all the values will no doubt face a lot of difficulties. So fortitude is needed to follow the other values. And it's like, uh, we always talk about boldness, being bold um, with your faith. And that doesn't necessarily mean I stand here and I just shove it in your face, but it means not being... Easily swayed. Well, not being easily swayed, but also not being afraid to express who you truly are in Christ um, or live that out just because you're in a setting where, you know, a lot of sin is going on. That doesn't mean you have to sin. It's that, you know, old adage of like, well, why'd you do that? And the kid says, because my friends do it. And it's like, well, if your kids or if Timmy said, let's you go know, jump, off the, jump off the bridge, would you go jump off the bridge? No, mommy, I wouldn't go jump <laughs> off the bridge. We'll see. You got to have, you got to apply wisdom and you got to apply knowledge and you got to be bold to stand on the wisdom that has been given to you. So absolutely uh, agree with that. Charity, which we know this is uh, probably one of the biggest ones, small or large as per one's capacity. It is based on the belief thy need is greater than mine. Christians opened schools for the poor all over the world. Charity does not mean simply giving money to the poor, but treating everyone, every person with affection and goodwill. It is the highest form of love. I believe that because charity is about uh, giving with a giving heart, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus says it's better to give than to receive. Now, that doesn't mean that you, you basically suck yourself dry because you don't express that you need stuff from other people, but you need to have a giving heart, a charitable heart, because in the end, when you serve people, you actually also kind of serve yourself in a way because you're able to grow. And it's a very rewarding experience when you see somebody else, you know, excel in whatever they do, or they are able to benefit as a result of, you know, your work. And so, it's not only good to be charitable with your funds and your money, but also with your time and with your gifts, if you can serve with your gifts in any way. So absolutely. Believe in that. All right. The last two. Hope. The two most important 
covenants or promises made by God in Christianity are the promised land and the promised Messiah. Due to these promises, Christianity has a basic positive outlook on the future. Christianity does not advocate leaving the world. It encourages us to persist with our values in the face of difficulties in the belief that doing so will be good for us. And so it's like, yeah, it's not like we're leaving the world. It's like we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We adhere to these values right here, not these set of rules, not these set of propositions, but we adhere to these values and we live these values out accordingly in whatever culture that we are placed in. So whether I... Yeah, no matter what. So no matter if we're in the um, back when Jesus lived in the in the Roman culture, we could adhere to these values and you know march closer to God. Now we're in you know the 21st century America, we can still live out these values and gain closer to God. And so the last one, faith. Christianity expects its followers to believe in God in their hearts individually and together as a community. That is unity in the multiplicity, like we just discussed in our last video. Faith enables us to look for divinity in the beauty of nature or the arts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so you should be able to look around, like, like, like I said, wow. you should be able to look and see the beauty of God everywhere that you walk, flowing throughout your whole life, because it's, it's a fractal thing, right? God is in the smallest things, but he's also in the big things, in the big picture things that we look at as well. And if you aren't able to see that, then you need to open your mind up to that possibility. It's like, if God is truly infinite, if you say the God that you serve is truly infinite, you should be able to see the beauty in him. And that's why music's so powerful too, um, because we can see the beauty of, you know, how this was put together, how it sounds, and how all these different sounds come together to be one. Again, unity and the multiplicity. The problem is um, when the message of the music um, is not ideal or not in accordance with the values that we have, when it's preaching mm -hmm. a message of you know, despair rather than hope, or when it's less. preaching lack of faith rather than you know, a faithful, when it's telling you to be, you know, weak instead of, you know, emboldened with the values that you have. So, or, yeah, like when it's telling you to be lustful instead of discipline, instead of, uh, what was the word for discipline up there? Was it? Uh, uh, temperament. Temperance, yeah. Temperance. Instead of temperant, I yeah. guess. So, yeah, um, faith is not opposed to reason or intelligence, Christianity does not want its followers to merely be people who adhere to a certain set of restrictions. It accepts them to build these values into everything they do and into what they are. Amen. And so that, that's really crucial because when Christianity was spreading, it was spreading into a lot of different cultures who were coming from a lot of different backgrounds. And so um, when Paul and these apostles were writing to each other, uh, they would give them some guidelines um, to say, hey, like, okay, I see this coming up in your church. This doesn't really align with the values that Christ was preaching. So, hey, maybe do this instead of this. Maybe do this instead of that. And so it wasn't 
necessary. It wasn't like they were necessarily saying, "Hey, this you have to do, do this, this, do this, and this." Yeah. It's saying based on your culture and what you're in as a church, you need to adhere to the values um, that Christ has, you know, ordained before us, and we adhere to Him because He died for our sins on the cross and He rose from the dead. And so, let's get into our points now. Our first point. That is from the last one. All right, so we're going to skip the points because I don't think I reset the points. So I think that was supposed to be for this video. Anyway, that is our, we can do our Bible verses though. So let's do our Bible verses. All right, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 4, it says, for just as, for just as the body is one and has many members and all the members of the body though many are one body so it is with christ for in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body jews and greeks slaves or free and we are all made to drink of one spirit indeed the body does not consist of one member but of many and so that just hints back at this idea of like there's unity and the multiplicity, and we need to live out these values um, for God to become more Christ-like in whatever cultural scenario that we are in, and in a sense, whatever uh, traditions that we you know follow, right? Because if I'm if I'm overseas in a church, we're probably going to do things different from how we do them in America, but that's okay because there's not necessarily a structure of how exactly how we're supposed to come together as a community. The fact is we're supposed to come together as a community and draw closer to Christ, right? And be fishers of men for Christ. And so just because it looks different, we're still serving the same God and we're still trying to win souls unto, you know, for the kingdom of God. Yeah, that's good. All right, let's get into your Bible verse now. All right, my Bible verse, Galatians 6.2, bear one another's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. And I chose this one because Jesus was less about laws and politics and more about community and having a value system in place. So, And also, of course, it goes back to in the article where they were talking about charity Right. Yeah. Put other people first, in a sense. No, I definitely agree. Hey, we want to know what you think about that. Is this the model, Christian? I don't know. You let us know down in the comments. And uh, before you click off this video, make sure you check out this video right in front of my face. If you're live, we will be right back. And until next time, don't be the alpha and the omega. Like for the algorithm. Truth, yeah, but here's the truth. Here's the the truth. truth is I'm a sinner and I'm saved by grace. So why in the world? I'm not saved because I'm a better man. Yeah, you're not saved because you're better than the other person. You're saved because you recognize that you, you need a savior. That you, well, yeah, that you need a savior and that you're not capable of living up to your own moral code. Because of that, now I can receive the grace of God and I can 
live out and extend that grace to others. Once upon a time, humans thought that the world revolved around the earth or the solar system revolved around the earth. Then we got new information and everybody had to change their perspective. And that's kind of how a spiritual walk is. First, we're earthly centered. We think about things that everything revolves around, you know, earthly materials. We chase after money, we chase after, you know, women or relationships or whatever the thing may be and then once we get new information once we're exposed to the gospel then it becomes you know heliocentric right we're focused around the sun which is christ a lot of people are disciplined in certain areas of their life you're a go-getter chasing after this business you're a go-getter being disciplined in your sport but are you a go-getter when it comes to seeking the things of god like seek the kingdom of god just as hard as you do all these other worldly things and he will reveal himself to you like just as you want someone that's good character that has good character and also attractive right. like you have to be those things too and i think right you have yeah. to be those things first also yeah so you can attract that you know it said you should never try to push someone to god so that you can benefit because that's out of order that's that's actually backwards the ideal thing to do is that you're both walking in god's purpose for you and then now you're in a position where god can bless you with a fruitful relationship All right, Quality Hangout Part 2, we are back. It's time to read your comments and answer your questions. Quality people, this is the quality life. Make sure that you... And spread practical religion. All right, we're going to pop your comments on the screen before we get out of here. We thank you guys for rocking with us tonight. Yes, thank you. Sonia says, unity in the Christian community. Oh, Bars. I like that Amen. rhyme. That's good. That's good. It's like luxurious elements is out for the day. She says, you all have a good evening. Thank you, luxurious elements. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You have a great evening as well. Hope you sleep tight. We will see you tomorrow night, 930. T-Max says, blessings to you all. Much love. Amen. Amen. Aunt Cindy says Christian equals Christ follower. Amen. Exactly. Amen. Follower of the Messiah. T Max says, I just have to say, their hair looks amazing. I think. Oh, you. my hair too. Gee, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. uh, Miss Sonia says, right. Like they have a stylist. You know. No stylist. You don't know that song? It sounds familiar. I forgot. It's either Jack Harlow. No, it's not Jack Harlow. Oh. It's that uh, French Montana. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. No stylist. I know what you're talking about. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I know Yeah. Yeah, it was a big song in college. At my school. And then French Montana just kind of faded. Oh, yeah, y'all are probably listening to some different stuff. Yeah, we were. I don't know. That crowd you hung out with. Excuse they me. They played it at the other parties, Kenya. <laughs> 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 oh, man. All right. Uh, what time tomorrow? Uh, on Sunday, we're going at 9.30 again tomorrow night. So, yeah, 9.30. And then we'll be earlier on Thursday because I have a game later. At 6. 
Fifteen-ish. Yeah, we'll be yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll be live on Thursday at six fifteen. But tomorrow night we'll be live at nine thirty. So same time, and that time will be moved up after probably in a couple weeks after the softball season is over. We have another fan video that we want to react to. So here we go. This is the craziest, <laughs> craziest thing I've ever seen. Now, there's some really funny and wild stuff that goes on at like t-ball games and stuff like this. <laughs> it says every time you watch this, focus on a different kid. It's like, I don't even know what to it focus on. It feels like one on. of those books, you know, where it's like, um, you kind of like pick like I spy kind of. Right. Yeah, it's like something different every time. Yeah, this is this is mayhem. Like this kid, one kid's, you know, sitting out there, you know, twirling around in circles. <laughs> the batter ran the wrong direction. Uh one kid's over there picking his nose. One kid just fell for no reason. <laughs> yes. He just fell. <laughs> this is wild. Okay. <laughs> and and now he's running home. <laughs> Now, now he's running home. There's no way they count that as well. Wow. Wait, we got to watch this one more time. His <laughs> dad's pointing. And so then he like runs towards second. He doesn't touch a face. Okay, touch second. Touch second. And now he's running in the outfield. And, the, and then the kid that was already on base comes <laughs> comes in and does like a cartwheel onto the plate. This is crazy. And then, and then his buddy just runs off. Yeah, uh, he's like, hey, good job, dude. Now I'm going to run over to mom and get a Capri Sun. I wonder what all these kids are going to turn out like. <laughs> I hope they're productive members of society and building the kingdom of Christ. That's what I hope. Amen. But, but maybe not. I don't know. Oh, God knows. Yeah. <laughs> And then, and then the funny part is, at the end of this, you see the other team, like, running off the field. Like, there's that person's, like, sprinting to their side of the field, like, I guess towards their what would be a dugout. And, wow, yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, that's funny. All right, guys. This has been fun. We will see you tomorrow night at 930 if you're listening to this on the audio only podcast apps, we thank you for rocking with us. Make Come sure on over. you leave a review and five stars. Yeah, leave a five star review. And also come over to, um, we post our live schedule on our YouTube community page and tab, whatever you want to call it. And so if you want to come see us live, we would love to have you. Be, a, be down in the chat, be a quality person. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys tomorrow.